I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Isotope by Native Instruments have been at the heart of great production tools and performance plugins for a long, long time now. They've helped guitar nerds to sound crisp and polished no matter how bad Matt's mic technique is for almost a decade. And they can and should be a part of your home recording setup too. Isotope have just released Ozone 11, the most advanced mastering software you can possibly get your hands on. Ozone 11 includes AI-assisted software that can listen to your mixes and make suggestions on a final mix. Honestly, it's been years since I've so much as touched an EQ fader. I just let Ozone do the work and I have a pro quality mastered podcast in minutes. Ozone Elements is as little as 49 bucks. And don't forget, you get 10% off all Isotope and Native Instruments plugins with discount code NERDS10. Philip. Yes. As it's, uh, as it's sort of Halloween time, we're going to start yes. everything. Uh, start everything with a Halloween joke this week. I'm ready. I stay ready. What, what do you call two witches living together? Broom mates. Oh dear. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by the host and creator of the 40 Watt Podcast, Philip Carter. Well, hello there. Hello How there. How are you, Joe? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's lovely to have you back on the podcast, Philip. It's been a few oh, weeks. It's always, it's always good to be back on and talk about all kinds of nerdery. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Well, this is... is one of the best things about having you on is you're constantly buying and selling new gear. So there's always something to talk about, which is really good. Dear listener, welcome back. Welcome to another episode. Of course, we are um, we are about, you know, we're on the third week now of the, or the third episode now of the Vintage Pro Shop guitar build. So this week, Philip and I are going to be looking at some of the color suggestions you lot have made. I've boiled them down to four or five of the more popular ones. I'm going to be putting a poll out later for you guys to whittle it down and decide from those. But that's going to be good. We're going to take a look at some of the more wild suggestions that we've been having in, having come in. It's been great. People have been really getting involved in that. I've been getting emails, info at guitarnerds.net, DM 
uh, DMs on Instagram, messaging. You can always message me on Facebook. Everyone knows how to find me on there. And uh, messaging in the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook as well. We're going to continue to to do this vintage build, although next week uh, will be a week off. Because, dear listener, everything's going to be a little bit out of sync at the moment. Uh, next week's going to be a London International Guitar Show special with me and JD Short. Um, which uh which when you hear it will have happened the previous week basically i'm going on tour so i'm recording like three <laughs> podcasts in one week so uh everything's sort of higgledy piggledy so we won't do any vintage guitar stuff on the next one because i'm going to record it like in a couple of days and you guys won't have decided what color you want yet so there's which full means disclosure I'll, there if you want to know why joe doesn't cover any of the new releases that came <laughs> out next week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> literally there's so many brands that have been sending me like press releases of stuff it's it, the start of november is just going to be this mad time of new releases and and i'm going away for the first 10 days of i it. feel like the last two months have been nothing but rapid fire releases yeah yeah. And which is wild because Nam is coming up. Like everything's coming out now. I, I am glad we did speak. Matt and I have spoken about this probably that we've started the last two podcasts speaking about this a little bit. But I am excited that stuff's coming out again because yeah. gear of the year is around the corner. We've got some exciting things. I, I feel like I was like, ah, really don't want the Fender um, Tone Pro thing. What is it called? Oh, don't. The Tone Master Pro. Tone Master Pro. There we go. I really don't want that to be the most exciting thing of the year. Um, It's not. The DM101 came out, and that was far more exciting. Obviously, the DM101. But, you know, we're going to talk about some of the new things a bit on this podcast. What a week. We've had new stuff from Helix, everyone. Yes. What what do they call it? The HX1. It was not the thing I was waiting for. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still excited. It's a new M5, essentially. That is super exciting. That is incredibly awesome. The price point's great. It's an H9 killer. It's uh, it's, it's, everyone can have one on their board. Remember how excited everyone was about the M5? This is going to be just that. That's awesome. UA just seemed to be... Universal Audio, they're a guitar brand now. They've just been throwing new releases out. So much new gear from UA. So much new gear. Yeah. yeah. it's. Bl- exactly. I-, I can't keep up. Literally, we were talking about it in the pre-show. I missed releases from them. Like, I still don't know the names of their pedals from their last release, and they just put out more stuff. Yeah, very exciting. I mean, obviously, I think the Lion's probably the most exciting thing. They're sort of marshalling the box, and we'll, we'll get on to talking about that, dear listener. But for me, an LA-2A compressor in pedal form, I am utterly happy with my Thorpe FX Fat General. It is the best compressor I've ever had. But I am going to buy that UA LA-2A <laughs> in a box because it's an LA-2A by the people that make LA-2As in a box. That's going to be a great compressor. Yeah. That's a big one because, uh, as far as I'm aware, I think the the only other LA2A compressor I know on the market for guitar players is the Union Tubes and Transistor Lab compressor. Right, right. Um, and that's the only other one I knew. I'm well, sure there's uh, another. Somebody's yelling at their their you know podcasting device right now. I'll tell like, you what the what one others. of the other ones is the HX1. Really? Well, the HX1, yeah, if it's got all the Helix effects in it, then it has their LA2, oh, LA2A. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, that makes I sense. Appreciate that, no, that makes sense. Uh, I appreciate it's a yeah, digital yeah. version, but nonetheless, it was very good. Whenever I used Helix, I always used that compressor. I thought it was an excellent – well, actually, no, no. I always used that compressor until Billy Sheehan had his 
um, whatever it was called, Ro- Rochester Comp or something. I can't remember. That's not it, but it's something like yeah. that, dear listener. He had a one of his compressors um, added to it. I've been I, actually. I watched. Uh, he did a rig rundown with no treble recently. Do you care about oh, Billy Sheehan, Philip? Not necessarily, but also I'm 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 an interesting guitar player in that I didn't have a favorite guitar player until I'd been playing for like ten years, right? Because I I've always preferred I like my heroes have always been songwriters, oh, and they were never guitar players. And so even though I played guitar, it took me ten years, and somebody finally saying, "No, you have to have a favorite guitarist." Maybe it wasn't ten years. I maybe I'm probably being hyperbolic there, um, but. You know, I finally had to pick one. I was like, Jeff Beck. All right. And I just made Jeff Beck my favorite guitar player. Oh, there you go. He's a good choice. He's a great player. Yeah. But so when people talk about players and they name a name, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know them from this band. I don't really know them very much as a player other than I know the music that they put out. So, and it just, it's way, it's outside my genre. It's, it's just, I listen to it and kind of respect it in the same way that I listen to uh, certain late Coltrane records and appreciate the experimentation but i don't really want to <laughs> yeah. listen to it all the time no sure <laughs> i understand that um but yeah yeah the uh I, I was watching this uh no treble billy sheehan rig rundown of course he's had countless rig rundowns throughout the years and definitely among bass players philip and dear listener he's uh um you know he's a hero of equipment he's a man who knows how to have a massive rig and a really specific sound of course he has his yamaha attitude bass which has dual mm-hmm. Uh, outputs so he can run those to two separate amps one where he scoops out all the mids and trebles and runs as like a sub and one that he basically has an unhappy face on an eq and the other one loads (laughs) and loads of mid-range um and you know a few he was always pierce preamps and ampeg svt pro threes i think that was always his jam for years and um the pierce preamps pierce were discontinued he bought up every single pierce preamp he possibly could but they don't last they do break and unfixably and i remember maybe seven eight years ago watching a rig rundown and he and him saying oh you know like i've I've actually only got two pierce preamps left so i'm really hoping these last because it's such an (laughs) essential part of my sound which of course is why shortly after he teamed up with or he was approached by Line 6 Helix, uh, or Line 6 rather, and their Helix, and they modelled his PS preamps into the Helix, and they are standard. You can get his uh, Bushy, uh, as they're called, Bushy preamps, um, Billy Sheehan, and uh, you can yeah. get those uh, Those preamps are standard in the Helix. They do, a, they do a standard and a jumped version where he jumps the, the, the two inputs on them, and you can blend those together to get that sort of sound which is very cool so he now uses a helix and of course later because his compressors are so specific they added his compressor as well so he has the whole thing he used to have helix oh, that's rack. really he, rad yeah yeah really cool so he was able to emulate that completely and he moved to Hartkey. he was using their um he was using their lh uh, and their ha's um he moved to the lh's eventually because they're just it's you know, it's a solid state amp, but it has a three band EQ and a volume. Like that's it. Yeah. So it's basically a power amp and he's letting the helix do the work. And now he's moved to the little class D hard keys, which, you know, just I think for weight, basically, as he was saying. Sure. So it's just that got, makes sense. Just got like four <coughs> one fifteens and 
a couple of the heart key class D heads, and then he's moved to the he's stopped using the rack mount version of the helix, and he's gone for a, just the helix floor, but he sits it on top of his amps, and he said the reason <laughs> is <laughs> he said the reason is because the screen's on the front, and he can't see what's going on on the helix oh, because he's okay. because he sits it a little lower. Because he's only on two fifteens, so they're a little bit shorter than he is. So he's moved to the helix floor to sit on his amp, so that if he wants to come over and look down at it, he can. That was, uh, that was his reasoning. <laughs> I love it. No, yeah, I that love was his it. reasoning. But uh, well, which it, is why he I, has to use Morning Star switches because he doesn't have the option to use the helix uh, foot foot pedals. Yeah. Okay. That's that's an interesting solution to it. Uh, I, which I, I totally get. And obviously, uh, it's impossible for me to, with any authority, disagree with a man who has that kind of pedigree that he has <laughs> playing in bands. So I'm going to, I'm going to roll with it. But I, I think the Helix is still underrated. I've, I'm on record as being a total fanboy of the unit anyway. I think it does everything well. I still yeah. use native all the time. Uh, and, and, you know, let's get into the HX one. Let's start here for a second. Cause I want, let's yeah. go ahead and talk about it. And I'll tell you what I've been holding out for <clears throat> is a new flagship helix. You know, it's, yeah, you want it's been too. out. I want well, to, whatever they're going to call it. I've been told it will not be called helix Two, y'all. It's just, it's not going to be called. What would you possibly want more for? Uh, like the thing is, it's not behind, you know, Fender have just no. tried to release their, this thing and it's it's fallen short, even of Helix. You, you yeah. know, the, I, the interface is better than Kemper. Um, newer DSPs are totally different. Newer DSP are failing to appeal to the to anyone outside of prog and post-metal. So they're, and, you know, that's sort what, of... And praise and worship. They've, they've got yes. a strong hold on a lot of the praise and worship world right. as oh, well. Oh, more than, more than Line 6. I thought that was... I, I think it's real close. I, I think right. it's a lot closer than we think it is, but that's just in conversations I've had. Um, I think there's a there's a heavy split there. Uh-huh. Um, I see. But I, I don't know. I, I just... It isn't that I want more. It's that it's this mental hang up. And listeners, y'all are, or dear listeners, as one of your uh, uh, Facebook group members said, <laughs> we're going to continue to refer to y'all as dear listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, uh, it isn't that I necessarily think there needs to be new because the Helix, I know y'all say on the show it's 10 years old. It's actually not even 10 yet, it's eight. It came out in 2015. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for 
for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Right. No, okay. And so yeah. it's it's not even that old yet. But so but it is it is getting, you know, people ex. I think we're all in the Apple model of digital and electronic products that we expect. Oh, there's a new model every so often. And that's why you're seeing things like the the HX1 and the uh, HX Stomp and the HX Stomp XL and the HX FX. Yeah. And, and this is really smart. I think this is a HX1 is going to be great. There's going to be it's going to be really good for somebody who just wants that do all switch uh, Swiss Army knife pedal board effect and now they don't yeah. have to buy a stomp to do that the stomp's but expensive I, you know it's still 500 yeah. pounds you know that's a, it's a big chunk to spend it, yeah and and the hx effects is great but it's huge yeah. and it, it can be more it can be more affordable but it's huge i i think the only thing that and i understand why they didn't sort of but i feel like if they had made the hx1 and actually if they would release the same thing and do one called i don't know hx amp and they just put the amp models on it it would decimate the the pedal board amp model the world it would it would completely disrupt that world because right now we've got a lot of units like the walrus ac1 and the i think it's ac1 y- y'all know the one i'm talking about the modeler yeah. amp modeler yeah You've got the Strymon Iridium out there that's an amp modeler, uh, but it has limited options. And then, of course, you've got all of the universal audio stuff that's out there now, uh, which we're going to get to here in a little bit, which are great, but they're single amp models. Whereas if you had a Helix single foot, single stomp box sized amp modeler where you had all the Helix amp models on it. Which we know they're going to continue to update and add new amps every time Ben Adrian fancies it, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I think that would be a complete and utter market disruptor because there would be nothing else like that on the on the market. Yeah, Tonex a, might be the closest, actually. Yeah, that's uh, that 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 is a, a good point. Yeah, I mean the 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 downside, if there is any downside of the HX one, is obviously it's designed to be. It's two nine nine. It's designed to be. Yeah. I know that's still a lot of money, dear listener, but it's it's affordable for the type of thing it is for what you're getting. The downside, I guess, is you can only have one effect at one time. So even though it's it's got MIDI switching, which is great, so you can you know you can plumb that into a rig, have that running through your own switcher. But it's not like you can't you can't do the same thing you could with HX effects, where you could use you know multiples of any of the effects. That is the downside. But nonetheless, it still has like even you look at it simply, it's got great models of all the Strymon big hitters in there mm-hmm. 
and it's less money than buying one of those Strymon big hits. So you know what? It's less money than, uh, and I'm just going to tell you, it is less money than a used H9 core. I mean, H9 Max. Right. Used. Ooh, it is yeah. less than a used H9 Max. Yeah. This. Yeah. That's it. This is a great product. This is the sort of product that could win year, gear of the year for me. I know it's 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 a lot of people will probably not like that because it's not new. It's the these effects have been around as he pointed out for eight years, right. most of them. But it is a very very convenient, handy form factor. I tell you what, when uh, I sort of shared it on the morning that it came out with the with the old guitar nerds hosts with mm-hmm. Jay and and Mark and Matt on a chat, and Mark were Mark was like a classic line six um marketing strategy released the same product for 10 years in different <laughs> chassis and i was like oh yeah that is kind of what that company does but i don't mind because this is a, yeah. a convenient thing we can still have a pedal board of all those things i know we could with the stomp dear listener but i don't want the amp models i don't need those i want some of the right. weird cool effects that you get on a helix there, and there are this. a lot of people who just use the hx effects because that's what they want but it's massive and it takes up a ton it's heavy takes up a ton of space uh you could and you can get two of these almost for the cost of a new hx effects yeah yeah and, and also yeah. it's going to be an interesting fight for gear of the year this year as we are getting closer to that time of year on on the guitar nerds podcast um because you've got to look back, and the H90 came out this year as well. So that's an interesting fight, and where really the fight is one effect at a time versus two and the major price differential. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> so I think I think it's going to be an interesting year, uh, but I, I like that this came out. It just wasn't what I was waiting on. I don't, I don't know why I need a, a new flagship, Joe, except that um, – there's a part of me that doesn't want to buy something and then have the new version come out like four <laughs> months later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so. you, okay, so a couple of weeks ago, and, and I'd messaged you about uh, the fact that I was doing this anyway, but I was like, uh, I really want really want to get back into Helix, really feeling that Line 6 itch at the moment. And my Helix LT uh, is with my friend Kerry, who lives in Bristol, and uh, and, you know, like I think she's using it, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I can get it back to you. I'm down at Christmas. I'll, you know, we'll 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 hook up, and I can get to you now." And I was like, oh, "I just, I really want to use a Helix like right now." So I was like, "I'll just look because you know I can buy one and then sell it, and yeah. I won't lose any money." Um, so I had a little look around, found a crazy deal, like one listed for for proper Helix floor, floor listed for like eight hundred pounds. Um, <laughs> And then the guy, you know, you follow it and someone you get sent a deal. It's obviously an automated deal. Sent me a deal for like yeah. seven forty and uh, offered him seven. And he was like, Yeah, fine. So I got a helix floor for seven hundred pounds, which Ooh. is incredibly cheap. They go for in the UK at the moment, Philip, they're going for like nine fifty a grand on the second hand market, even though they're only eleven fifty new or whatever. They not not a lot seems to be lost uh, on those yeah. second hand at the moment. So I got that, and it turned up, and one of the one of the knobs didn't work. One of the oh, uh, no. the the, fi- the 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 knobs that control the features of whatever model you've got, like the second knob in, didn't it didn't react, didn't do anything. So I was like, 
I looked up a few things. I went into like safe mode and did all the check. You check like button responses. And I was like, right. So it's, it looks like it's probably, you know, dust inside the unit. And uh, so I messaged Ben Adrian. I was like, you know, do you think I can take this apart? And he was like, good luck taking apart Helix. And I I watched videos and uh, I watched some videos (laughs) online and they were like, uh, so what you've got to do before you take the screws off the back of the Helix is you need to unscrew the connectors and the screws for every single output on the back of the helix. <laughs> so like, uh, no. That's that's 40 screws. I was like I'm not to, the the chances of it getting back together again. So I contacted the guy and he was lovely. I, I think he just hadn't used it. I honestly think it was just dust in the unit but enough to scupper the working of it and and he was lovely. He gave me a refund. Um but it means that I'm helixless for now and of course like you know I'd account that money has gone and now it's yeah. back in my possession. So the, so it's already, it's already in, in the, in the pool of money that can be used for something. So I've been, uh, I've been having a little look around and, uh, I was thinking, I was thinking about a Kemper profiler stage. Oh yeah. What do you, what do you think? Where are your thoughts on Kemper? So this is the, this dear listener is the Kemper profiler amp built into a floor pedal basically. Cause I don't want to, I'm not carrying around a big rack mount thing. Like the head I use is tiny. I don't, I don't want to have to rack things. So just the right. pedal is fine. What do you, where, 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 where do you sit on Kemper? Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers and touring techs in over 50 countries. Pro quality but affordable, Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help their guitars look, sound and play their best. After two years of research and development and in collaboration with top guitar repair shops, Music Nomad developed in 2021 the keep it simple setup aka kiss and now thousands of guitar players from beginners to pros have learned how to set up their own guitar they demystified the guitar setup process by developing innovative precision gauges and tools combined with step-by-step general guidelines anyone can follow and set up their guitar to play and sound great With their KISS method and their gauges, you can check the vital areas of your guitar and use their toolkits to perform your own setups. They have a 24-page instructional booklet available in seven languages, downloadable for free, and many how-to videos, both by setup tasks as well as many complete setup video tutorials for popular brands such as Fender, Gibson, Taylor, PRS, and more. Not only is it fun, but a properly set-up guitar takes your playing and sound to a whole new level. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com. Their website has a very cool setup hub section where you can find everything you need to know so you can start setting up your guitar properly. Follow them on social media at, at musicnomadcare. Kiss your guitar with Music Nomad's Keep It Simple Setup. So here's my take on it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get so much hate because I know even in my own friend group I get hate for this take. Um, the Kempers sound great if you have amps you love and you need to tour them that you can capture. You know your exact settings. You know the way you like it. Awesome. If you don't, though, if that is not your thing, and you are just looking for a unit, and I, I, 
I appreciate that there is a market you can get other people's captures or I'm sorry, they use them profiles in the camper is it's yeah. called profiles. You can use other people's profiles. I'm not that person. I'm, I'm just not. I love amps. I love real amps. That's great. But if I'm doing a digital solution, I'm doing a digital solution because I'm already compromising. Right. Because right. I, I already don't want to do this. I like I don't want to play live with a modeler. That's just who I am. Right, I want right. to play with a real amp. So um, I didn't like when I've gotten to play Kempers. What I didn't like was the way the EQ functions. Now I understand some of these things have changed, but it's already soured me to it. It's, you know, I turn the EQ on in the amp, I'm going to use air quotes, uh, and it doesn't actually change the way the amp itself would have changed. Oh, really? And I, I that was the whole yeah. point. Mm-mm. So with a profile, what you do is you profile at the knob setting that you are profiling that amp, and that's your amp sound. If you right. start tweaking EQ after, it's like adding a, an EQ in your end. DAW at the uh, end right. of it. Yeah, It's yeah. not actually changing the amp the way it would have changed. You've got to actually make profiles of your amp at all the various settings you would use to actually be able to do it. Now there's a thing called liquid profiling now or liquid EQ or whatever their term they're trying to trademark and co- I can't keep up y'all. Sounds Because quad, cor- quad cortex is doing the same thing where they've right. added this liquid EQ where like it changes more naturally I to your amp, but it's still not quite the same to me. I like the way Line 6 does it, which is not something I ever thought I would say prior to me having a Helix, because uh, I was definitely a critic. I had a, the Bean. I had, you know, I've gone through Line 6 products over the years. They um, they actually model component by component the amps that they model. Right. They don't just say, oh, it sounds sort of like this. Let's create something sort of similar. They actually get down to the component level, which is why there aren't a few models. Like I, they were once asked why there's not a Dumble on there. And uh, I'm trying to remember who was in the interview. I can't remember. But they said, because we haven't found anyone yet who's willing to let us take their Dumble apart. <laughs> that's why they don't have a Dumble in the <laughs> in the Helix. That's they're so like, we, awesome. Yeah. What, they're like, we haven't wonderful- found anyone willing to let us. What wonderful ideal to stick to. I mean, I realize it's not an ideal. It's literally how the product works, but that's great. What what great attention to detail. I didn't know that. Yeah. So so that's why I like the way the, the Line 6 sounds. Also, the Kemper menu system is trash. Is like it? you're gonna you're gonna lose me on a digital product if your interface is trash. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate that Matt is on here with Boss. I love Boss products. I had the Boss 500 series stuff, and the menus killed me. They they absolutely okay. murdered me. It, theirs isn't trash, but it is not the most amazing thing ever. It's um, one thing that I think the Fender um, modeler. Why isn't that name going in the Tone Pro? Tone Master Tone Pro. Tone Master Pro. There we go. It's the, the, one thing with the uh, that the Fender has, I think, changed. Even though I think that their their screen in the menu is way way over the top. Like I mm-hmm. don't care about the graphics side of things, yeah. and that seems to be what Fender is selling the entire product on. It's like when Blackstar was selling the uh, the St James entirely on the weight. Fender are going entirely on the the screen yeah. resolution, but um, and not the sound, but. Um, 
it has changed the goalposts. Like line six has almost become the helix has almost become the most basic because there's no touch screen things like that. I don't right. touch screen, but I don't want it either. Line six is good, and I, I it's got me the wayfender have done it. it. Got me thinking. I was like, huh. Well, actually, yeah, the line six one makes the most sense. It's so easy to use. I can see my signal path. It's easy easy to create multiple signal paths. It's easy to do my own thing in there. I found mm-hmm. with neural dsp with quad cortex really good but they're like here are the things you can do now do them whereas helix is a bit more freeform um fender again same very fixed but like great great graphics obviously really easy to to build something with and yeah it's it's left kemper with their sort of uh you know 1980s bedside clock display um <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> a little bit a little bit behind and and boss as well i'm not excluding boss like boss did what they could with the gt1000 but it was still a two color screen not that that's a problem it was definitely yeah. the gt1000 was better because at least you could see everything um the core i find very difficult to use because at any yeah. given time you can see one little line of block it's very difficult to see your whole effects chain and know what you're doing on the fly fine for programming and the sounds are great and matt will go matt will we'll talk until the cows come home about how responsive how the the whatever the the latency is is you know the the least it is the quickest responsive um digital modelers in gta yeah. And GX, that's and they, very good. They but. sound great. They sound yeah. great, but I can't work them because yeah. I, I, my brain doesn't work that way. And y'all, I've had everyone come at, come tell me, oh, well, you just got to think of it this way. You got to think, no, 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 my brain functions the way it functions. I'm 42 <laughs> years old. This is how <laughs> things work. Right. Um, and, and, and it's not just that I'm getting older. That's the way I've always been. It's got to be something that works with me. The, the Helix interface makes sense to yeah. me. I can visualize everything that's going on. I can see the entire picture of everything happening. Um, I also don't want to touch screen, and I've tried to explain this to people. And the people who don't understand me at all tend to be, and, and y'all, I, I mean no shade because I was one of these, uh, it tends to be the church worship guitarists who are playing in a, environment where they don't have you know someone who's six vodka tonics in and waving their drink around in front of the stage or you know somebody's stacking beer bottles at the front of this this bar's tiny stage that's where i'm playing and it it, i don't trust those things not to get completely ruined and be inoperable at all yeah i completely agree i mean i could say the same of quad cortex i think virtually every single poster person that they have for uh for the you know for for the modeler uh is the type of guitarist and it's it's obviously not worship stuff it tends to be that sort of uh tech metal side of things um they're the type of players that stand still and 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 shred and you know that's that's fine. They're probably not a drop of sweat's gonna gonna fall on those. Yeah. That said, you know, but bands like Architects actually use Quad Cortex, but but you know where their Quad Cortexes are? They're in, in racks rack. backstage. Yeah. Uh, they're not on the floor in front of them. Um, and uh, and yeah, su- I think I-, I just wouldn't want it either. So on that, I'm surprised that Quad Cortex hasn't come out with a rack mount version yet. For as many yeah. people that just rack them, yeah, I I don't know. So. 
Uh, I'm going to move us along a little bit. I'm going to take that because we will sit and talk about this and wax poetic about my absolute love for line six. And I'll take all the hate (laughs) that y'all want to throw at me. But um, on the amp modeling route, uh, the, the new lion by universal audio. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I feel like this should have been in the original three they put out instead of the Woody, the tweed one. Yeah. Instead of the tweed, it should have been a black panel fender, a Vox, and the Marshall. Of course, like it was, it was a glaring omission from their first first selection, but a welcome addition now. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe because the Marshall in a box is the most done. You know, it's the it's the most emulated. It Uh, is. It it is the most done. But at the same time. A lot of the Marshall in a box, they're just drive pedals, not a true amp simulation. I feel like this is hitting all of those folks who are, and there's a, there's way more than I ever gave credit for who are just like classic rock junkies and they're, you know, just straight ahead rock and roll. Hey, here's your pedal board amp that you've been waiting on. Yeah. I, I don't know that anybody else is doing it like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's really cool. I like that you've got a selection of marshals in there. This is what they're doing with all of these. They're giving you like the best of. So you've mm-hmm. got a super lead, a super bass, and the the brown, which is you know obviously going to be an Eddie Van Halen plexi, yeah, exactly. I, I guess. Um, but the having a super bass on there, I'm very excited about. I feel like that's yeah, not man. one that always gets on onto these type of units, and it should. I had a '71 super bass that I used to gig, a hundred watt four twelve. Man, sound guys loved to see me coming for the tiny little blues gigs I was playing with it. It was fantastic, <laughs> um, and it was loud AF. Yeah. Are the youth still saying AF? Is that a thing? I, I don't um, know. I don't either, um, but I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah, it, it was just too loud. It, somebody had monitored it at some point, and it had a, a master volume uh, installed oh, in it. it was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Otherwise, it was completely unusable. But I, I did sell that amp, and I regret it to this day. Um, I sold it to buy a Mesa Boogie, and um, really, it was not not my best not my best decision. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I, oh, the Mesa Boogie was great, but it was not. 1971 Marshall Super Bass good. But I also was young and stupid and didn't appreciate what I had. So um, I'm glad to see that on there. I'm glad to see uh, it's just, it's nice to have someone doing the Marshall thing. But I mean, this isn't the first one. This is just the slimmest one. I feel like um, they almost waited too long because with Friedman putting out the IRX and Mm. some other products that are hitting the market, they actually have competition. If they'd come out sooner, they had no competition. Like there was nobody else really doing this like amp on your pedal board kind of Marshall thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, um, would you ever look at one of these solutions, one of the UA pedals for, for you, for an, for an amp plus option? I, I tried the dream 65 and I, I didn't have a great experience with it, but enough people have told me how much they love it that I feel like I need to revisit and feel like I just got something wrong. I was using it incorrectly or something. Right. Um, but ultimately still I'm, I'm in the real amp boat and probably will be till the day I die. I own a captor X for a reason. I own, uh, a tone King Iron Man two attenuator for a reason. It's so that I can play these things live. Yeah. Also, yeah. I don't trust sound guys. <laughs> Y'all don't trust sound guys. 
Yeah. Um, the places I play, most of the time, the only thing going through the PA is vocals and maybe the bass drum, you know? So it's, I, I, I don't have the PA support that you need to go direct anyway. Right. So would you so consider the ox stomp? Would you consider that as an option? I mean, probably not, to be honest, even though I think it's a great unit and I'm glad it exists and I see the players that it makes sense for. But for me, it, I, I just use the captor at this yeah. point. Yeah. I guess theoretically, I could use the Iron Man and line out of it into the Ox Stomp. I haven't fully looked at that. So there, there's a, there's a possibility there. But, um, no, I, I, it just doesn't speak to me. It isn't something I have a need for. Right. Um, right. now if my situation changed, Honestly, if I if I went into a situation where I needed to be more direct, I'd just get a helix again. <laughs> this is it. That's this just, is we're it. We're right back around, uh... circle back around. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah as, is, again, uh... as good as I think these products are, I'm already compromising to go direct. I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I have to do, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I um I really want this uh the the helix thing to work i really want to get back into that side of things and uh you know i was working i was doing some work with um this uh this great guitarist called rachel wood and uh i needed her to send me some little blues licks and she sent them through like di'd and then she was like also here's some with some kemper models you know so you can hear how i intended them to be and um i was like oh well you know what do you think what, what do you think about Kemper, you know, I'm thinking about getting that, maybe getting back into line mm-hmm. six. How, how do you feel? It's like a, you know, she is a touring, gigging, full time professional session guitar player, and yeah. uh, she said, uh, yeah, she said they're not bad, but for anything serious, a decent amp plus preamp plus repedals will always be better. That was, uh, yeah. That's it. And this is a person whose entire job would be made a lot easier if it wasn't the case. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I say all the time. I wish that I I wish that I got the joy in playing direct and that being the only thing I do the way a lot of players do. I wish it spoke to me because it would be so much simpler. It would be so much easier. I own way more amps than I want to talk about. Um I own if if I could just have I have way too many pedals. I I don't even want really don't want to talk about that. If I could just have a Helix or a quad cortex or a name insert your modeler or profiler of choice there. Um, if I could just have that and maybe a powered cab and a guitar and that made me happy and made me, you know, that's all I ever wanted to play. I would have so much more money in my bank account. <laughs> it just, it's true. And I don't because that isn't what, that isn't what makes it doesn't spark joy. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If we want to go fully Marie Kondo on it. (laughs) Well, I mean, on, you know, if you're going to stick with the real stuff, Universal Audio might have you covered as well because they've just released a new line of compact pedals, just normal compact pedals. They're not amps in a box, they're not anything else. They're just proper old school, one in, one out guitar pedals. Um, They've released the Teletronics, uh, the Brigade, and the Flow. 
So that's obviously a uh, an LA2A compressor, is the Teletronics. Mm-hmm. Um, the, brigra- the Brigade is a chorus vibrato, and the Flow is a vintage tremolo. These are uh, they, they they draw from the UA Max and the UA Astra. Basically, yeah. is the is the idea behind these. I'm I'm excited about a, a, a move into it's like a new premium pedal brand on the market when they start doing regular things. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm very excited. As I said about the LA2A, it's a dead simple compressor. It just has gain and peak and a mix control which is kind of how the, the the rack mount version works. And then just a switch between compression and, and limiting. So you can get that really hard limiting or that sort of quite natural sounding sucky compression. Um, even though I, I think we've been led to believe that compressors need to be really complicated, there's been this move towards multiband and things like that. And that's great if you actually want to compress a signal. But if you want to, it to sound like there's a compressor on your signal, i.e. if you want to use a compressor yes. as an effect, just like all vintage uses of compressor are, all classic uses of a compressor are, they were trying to do that modern thing that multibands do, but it didn't really work, and they ended up with this sound, and this sound has become what we love. And the Teletronics is going to do that very well, very simply. Absolutely. From the company I, I that think actually do the LA2A. I, I think it's great that they're doing this because I I got tempted by I found a good deal on a Starlight a while back, right? And I can't remember if that was late last year or early this year. Um, I got really tempted by it, so I bought it, check it out, figured I'd resell it if I didn't like it because I was critical of the UA pedals when they came out. Yeah, uh, that's bizarre. They're expensive. No MIDI. The, no MIDI um, like. I don't know. It seemed complex for the, the, I take all of it back. They're the best sounding pedals I've ever heard. Right. They just are. They're amazing. I have, and I got the starlight. I tried it out against my timeline and I sold my timeline. Really? Um, Wow. Yeah. I sold my, I sold my timeline because I got everything that I needed out of a delay out of the, the starlight. I bought the golden and the Astra not long after, and I sold my big sky and my uh, Mobius. I sold the entire Strifecta because they took up less space. Um, they did exactly what I wanted to. They were easier to navigate. Um, right. And they just, they sounded better. And so I've been, I've been sort of on that train. I haven't bought any more UA pedals since, but the I love the smaller effects. Like for example, I'm a tremolo junkie, so I'm really excited to see the flow. I I need to do some more listening and maybe even try one out. Um, but I like I love the simplicity. Three knobs and a switch. Yeah, let's three go. different voicings by the looks of it. Yeah, I I think there's a it. I think it's actually a. I think the Dharma is there because that's in the Astra. I think that's their harmonic tremolo. But don't quote me on that. Um. And then the 65 is obviously going to be an optical trim. I don't know what the square is. so Just something modern. Uh, Just modern <coughs> modern yeah. tremolo, I guess. Like a choppy, choppy tremolo. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, pedals don't have to be... Uh, I was just, When you were talking about the compressor, um, people forget how just great a simple compressor is. Listeners, you can't see this, but I'm showing Joe. It's oh, the no. two-knob Keeley compressor. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I what paid, a great compressor. I bought this used for $74. <laughs> Cuz everyone's buying the compressor plus. Right, which isn't even the same circuit. 
This right. is the Ross or Dynacomp style compressor. Yeah. The Compressor Plus is a totally different compressor circuit. Um, so I'm like, if you want an effect, if you want compressor effect, just two knobs. That's the best. Um, is that your favorite compressor? Yeah. Uh, it, it depends on what I'm doing. If I want the effect, yeah, yeah, effect just the two knob Keeley. If I want that subtle, you know, more transparent compressor, I use the L, the um, Origin Effect Cali 76 stack. Ah, yes, that so, is a, an the, excellent the Dual 1176. Here at Guitar Nerds, we're massive fans of Stringjoy guitar strings, and you should be too. Stringjoy, if you don't know, are the world's first true string custom shop. That's where they started with the idea to offer extremely high quality strings in all the funny gauges that you could possibly need. Shredders looking for a thicker bottom end, country players looking for extra twang, etc. But what they've become is something much more. Stringjoy realized that the standard that us players accept for string quality is pretty low. Manufacturers have been building cheaply and quickly for years, and we've just accepted that as par for the course. And most of us probably didn't really know any better. So Stringjoy moved into actual standard string gauge manufacture too, offering the same superior quality, craftsmanship, and attention to detail that they do with their custom sets. Their whole thing is to be the best and not just to make the most so i think they're well well worth your time and interest stringjoy strings are available at stringjoy.com and at 400 plus dealers across the globe if your local store doesn't stock stringjoy yet ask them to yeah yeah i had that for a little while their base version it was fantastic yeah. really great but I, I i felt it did its job slightly too well for me um <laughs> <laughs> that i i just needed something a bit uh, uh, you know that that was a bit more obvious but it's a fine line to tread because certainly mm -hmm. for my board for gigging the the fat general by thorpe effects that gives me enough like vintage sort of sort of suck suckiness you, know, like uh -huh. you can really hear that it's compressed but still dynamic enough that i can still use other things on top of it and it and it sounds natural so that's that's the perfect one for if i'm recording if i'm at home then i have the analog man bicomp which is uh, part like orange squeeze part uh dynacomp i mean it's such aggressive compression that you need to choose You'd never have it as an always-on compressor. Right. It is for effect, but it is absolutely good, without a doubt, the the best vintage-sounding compressor I've ever heard. It's super cool. Yeah. But. And with the Thorpey, uh, at least that one is also built so well that you could use it as a weapon in a bar fight. I mean, because yeah. like the yeah. origin effect, that thing is a weapon. Yeah, It's going to hurt somebody. Yeah, I love uh, those sort of uh, the the chassis are just that sort of folded steel chassis that they go for there. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they have so much weight to them. Um, I don't know what they're putting <laughs> they're in so there. So heavy. Uh, <laughs> I have so. the uh, I have the revival drive, the the big oh, yeah. the double version, and <laughs> that that thing is it's it's hefty. Uh, if I put it on a pedal board, it can't go on a big pedal board because it just right. starts to get too much. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I bet. I bet. Now, we've got um, some other news bits and, and things that we've got that we want to talk about, but I just want to take a little beeline uh, right at this point to talk about the vintage Pro Shop guitar build. I want to talk yeah. about 
some of the colours that have been being suggested. So week one, we uh, introduced it or we suggested the, you know, what body shape options we were going to have. Vintage guitars make basically Gibson and Fender style instruments. So you had a choice of most of those body shapes. It was pretty much decided. Week two, we announced Jazzmaster absolutely won. You're offset junkies, dear listener. It wasn't even a contest in the Facebook group and largely by messages I was being sent, DMs and stuff. Everyone was saying Jazzmaster. There was a tie in the Patreon between Thinline Telecaster. Was it Thinline Telecaster? Yeah, Thinline Telecaster and uh, and Jazzmaster. I would have loved <coughs> it to have been a Thinline Telecaster. For me, I think yeah. that would have been slightly cooler, but I accept majority rules and uh, the Jazzmaster has won. So last week we were like, we, we need you to pick a color. And I realized, oh, <laughs> I hadn't really thought ahead. And I was like, oh, right. This is slightly more complicated than me just saying Strat, Telly, Jazzmaster, Les Paul. This, this is any color you want on the planet. So there's no way I could make a poll. So what I said was suggest some things, you know, message me. I put a, a post up about it on the Patreon and a post up on the Facebook group. And dear listener, you could all let me know. You could DM me. People sent me stories, links to interesting guitars. And I meticulously have been through a whole bunch of them and I've shortlisted the most voted things unfortunately i did when matt was last week when matt was trying to um describe a sort of light sparkle champagne finish i described it as light piss sparkle and this has been <laughs> people have grabbed hold of this and have suggested this a lot so actually probably the most voted for thing is light piss sparkle but i'm not going to put that one forward i'm kiboshing that one right now we're not having light piss sparkle, but the uh, the these are I've boiled it down to six colours right now that have um, that have the most votes. So I'm going to put this into a poll for uh, for you guys to all vote on next week. So, what do you think, Philip? What do you think is going to be in there? I you know that's a really I you know shell pink's going to be in there. I, I feel like that's a given. Shell Pink made it in there. there. Yeah, Shell Pink so- made it in a couple of times. Weirdly enough, this is an odd one to be popular. Shell Pink over Sunburst. No, dude. Oh, yeah. No, I'm here that- for it. That, that, that got loads of votes like you expect when it's color over color the problem with color over color dear listener is at this point you're all going to suggest a different one so it's ne- no right. color over color options going to get enough votes to go through but this one actually has so uh so yeah so I shell like pink it. over sunburst and shell pink's made a third appearance in another color over color so i guess disregard everything i just said about color over colors black over shell pink Ooh, uh, that's an interesting one to have made it through. So you got black over shell pink. You got shell pink over three-tone sunburst. Yeah. You got just shell pink. Yeah. Uh, Did three-tone sunburst by itself make the list? (laughs) I would love it if it had. Um, I'm so disappointed if it didn't because y'all three-tone sunburst is the best guitar finish ever. It's a a great finish. I know I'm a boomer. I know that. I know that. that <laughs> I get it. But I well, freaking love a great three tone sunburst. Okay, so that didn't make it. We're gonna okay. So we've just got- out just outside of this list of six. I have to say black, just black. People were saying like black with a matching headstock, talk guard, things like that. People were suggesting more things to you know round it off their decision, like yeah, heavy yeah. relic black. But black almost made it. It didn't quite have enough. I didn't want to put too many things yeah. in this list. And also, yeah, candy black apple with a- red. 
Did it make it? Pineapple no, Red? Didn't, didn't quite okay. make it. Didn't quite make it. I, but I think black is awful ex- until you add the matching headstock. Then you're yeah. like, oh, okay, now, oh, this is okay. I can deal with this. Sure. It, black needs other things around it to make it interesting. I mean, yes. I really like it as like a functional guitar. Certainly in my band, I like playing black instruments because it suits the aesthetic. But sure. if I want a standalone instrument in a room, it's probably not going to be just a, no. just a straight black. All right. So but, what are our other three? So another pink has made it in. This one I'm here for. Neon pink. I, I like, am here like for Like 80s neon pink? Neon like, pink, yeah. So huh. I think if you go to Vintage Guitars R Us, the letter R, uh, dot uh-huh. com, um, and you go to the Pro Shop, uh, I think the third guitar in is their V75, which is a Maple Neck Telecaster. Um, it is in neon pink. They have an option for that. Matching headstock. With a matching neck. headstock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm seeing this. I get it. That's it's a neat. that's a pink over black, too. So. It does. Yeah, it does look like it's a color over color there, um, which is kind of cool. I really liked bubblegum pink, which is a color that they introduced. We had a couple of votes for that, but just not enough to quite make the list. So I was disappointed to see that one not make it. But... I think we've got pink is pretty well represented. We've got shell pink, Mm -hmm. shell pink over sunburst, black over shell pink, and neon pink uh, have all made the uh, the top four out of six options. All that pink involved, (laughs) love it. Yeah, exactly. And then the other two, (laughs) this one not too far from it, purple sparkle. Oh, the only sparkle finish to to get enough suggestions to go in. Well, then uh, that one needs to win because sparkle. Come on now, yeah. Yeah, black sparkle I, which is, I can get behind. Which I don't even have a single guitar in a sparkle finish. I don't yeah, know why uh, I'm so excited what? about it. Isn't it red sparkle? Uh, it it's like it's got a little bit of like a flake to it. I wouldn't call it what I think of as sparkle. Right. It it's close. It's it's got a black and it's got silver and blue uh-huh. sparkle to it, but it's. I don't know. Maybe that's what people are thinking. Uh, I don't think of it as like a true like sparkle. When I think of sparkle, unfortunately, looking at cower guitars has ruined my idea of what sparkle finishes actually are. <laughs> I see. Because Doug Cower's sparkle finishes are absolute utter works of art. Yeah. Large flake. Like giant, very yeah, giant flake. Yep. Yeah. That's what yeah, I think of cool. when I think sparkle finish. I always think of the Dan Electro baritone. When I think okay. of sparkle, the black. Well, in that case, yes, my Grez is much closer to that because mm. actually that was the Dan Electro was the, my inspiration for the finish on my Grez. Right. Yeah, very cool, very cool looking guitar. Now the uh, the last entry for colors, um, mm-hmm. I, I tried to sort of uh, you know I was trying to push this idea on the last podcast. You know, I'm thinking olive drabs. What a great color olive drab is. We've seen a resurgence mm-hmm. on sort of Gibson style guitars recently. Come on, this is a cool color. Let's do it. Weird how many greens we got. So many green options. Loads of olive drab suggestions, not quite enough, but loads of Sherwood green that got suggested an awful lot as well. And I was like, wow, this is very strange. I don't think of greens as being a popular in vogue color, but plenty of them and the one that actually made it into the list the top list british racing green has made it in um which i think could look killer with a taut guard on a on a jazz master i appreciate all the others are great colors in their own right but when i step back and i think about jazz master it uh 
a, a like a relic BRG with a torque guard with a matching headstock. I'd be here for that. Can, can they do a racing stripe on that? Uh, yeah, you know, oh. I was I, I was thinking we might make a like a few sort of extra like might decide some things without the listeners at the end, like a couple of little extras here and there. But uh, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, because yeah, that's a great green. I love that one a lot. Oh, do a matching headstock on that one too. Yeah, I just yeah. like matching headstocks. So well, that's I, that's I hope thing. I hope the listeners choose a Telecaster neck on this. With a, with <laughs> no, a matching no, headstock. please don't, please don't, please don't. <laughs> no, no, that's not what you want. No, 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 no. no. A telly headstock on a Jazzmaster body—it just yeah. looks wrong. No, just no, no. Listeners, uh, don't do that. Don't listen to Joe. <laughs> uh, don't listen to Joe at all. Yeah. Please. Now, now they're going to all do it just to spite No, no, me. they that's won't. Okay. They, they went against all my suggestions last week. Well, except for the pits okay. champagne finish <laughs> that they wanted, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, okay. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> so, so there's there's your color options. Those yeah. are really good. Yeah, shell pink, shell pink over sunburst, purple sparkle, black over shell pink, British racing green, and neon pink. That's the poll that's going to go out on Patreon and Facebook. I'll put it out on Instagram as well, I guess as well. And then, uh, yeah, yeah you, you, dear listener, you'll be able to let us know. Whew. And then yep. vote early and vote often. Yeah, I don't know what to do after that. It's either going to be we'll either choose the neck or the pickups. Maybe we should finish the body first. Do pickups next. Do neck last. Yeah, so we'll yeah, see. we'll see. But uh, yeah. but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm rooting for one single coil in the bridge. That's it. But I know it's not going to win. P ninety one P ninety in the bridge. Yeah. No, yeah. that's never going to win, Joe. That will never, never win. <laughs> no, I know, I know. It, it will be. It will definitely be two pickups. It annoyingly, yep. but um, but that's fine. We'll we'll see. We'll see what everyone suggests. Maybe maybe it will end up being a telemaster. That would be cool. I could get behind that. Uh, I could get behind that. But uh, but yeah, that's we super rad. Well, I'm I'm excited to where this is going, and um, uh, I will be voting as well. And and uh, I did not vote for the Jazzmaster body, but I can work with this. <laughs> what did you vote for? What was your favorite? I voted for three thirty five, <laughs> <laughs> the guitar that you couldn't you couldn't edit at all in any way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, actually, but, uh, that's fine. F- so funny that you say that, right? I uh, I really want a three thirty five, but I don't want to spend loads of money. I know I'm selling all my guitars. I know I am, and I still am. I still am, yeah. but, um, you know, like we're doing this thing with vintage guitars and like, they were like, you know, we will do you a deal on, on anything if you want some stuff for you. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, I love a deal as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Me too. And I was just thinking of their, their VSA 500, um, which is their, their three, three, five, um, that they, they do, they do a lovely black one with a, with, with gold hardware. And gold pickups, Wilkinson pickups in there. It's uh, you know, it's a lot of guitar for five hundred quid. I yeah. appreciate that. You know what we're talking about here, dear listener, is you know, sort of an is Epiphone standard that sort of level of um, of of guitar. I'm not, and I'm not pretending it's going to be anything other. I just don't want to spend three grand on a on a three three five, and I've never owned one. Never owned that yeah. style body. I've had one seven five. You know, I've had that big mm-hmm. deep jazz box. Never had the the thin, but big jazz box. I so. have never noticed on uh, 
the V this is a VSA 500. Uh, yeah. I think that's the model you said. Yeah. I've never noticed that it is slightly offset. Yeah. It, the way the main picture is on their website, they've got like, it's like angled, uh, sort of a like three quarter angled, dear listener. Mm-hmm. And so it looks very much like a 335, like that. And when you see it in real life, it's quite offset. Yeah. But, like I'm looking at other pictures from other listings, not just from their website. It is surprisingly offset. Yeah. Um, I've, it's, is that is that off putting for you? Do you find that it, it's it is away? actually? I yeah, found it, that with their SG, it looks like a three thirty five like, oh, that was slightly melting. Just, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of offset. Still, the thing about vintage is that they are good. They are well yeah. built, well set up. The hardware and the pickups are very good quality. I trust them more than I do an Epiphone, I think, at this sort of so, price point. So my local shop is a vintage dealer and I've right. I've played oh, a really? bunch of them there. Yeah, they're they're I, I, they're okay, a dealer so for me. Weirdly, I had no idea vintage or even a brand in the States. Oh yeah, yeah. Um they're they're carried in a lot of shops. Uh right. I've seen them much more often lately. Uh, but yeah, they're a vintage dealer. So I go in there and every, I, you know, players just yell listeners, just like everybody else. I go in my local shop once or, you know, twice every couple of weeks. Um, and, uh, I sit around, chat with the guys in the shop and, uh, I pick those up and I think they play and sound great. I think they're really good guitars. Uh, so when you see, I'll say that y'all were doing this with vintage, I was like, well, this is going to be a great, it's going to be a great guitar when it's done. I yeah. don't know that I trust the, um, uh, chef by committee, uh, approach, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah, see what y'all is, come up with. <laughs> yeah, we will see. We, we've done okay so far, but I mean, we've only chosen one thing. So who am I kidding? Right. This you is, you uh, picked a jazz master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh god damn it! Oh well, oh well. We'll see, we'll see. But yeah, so I, I'm I'm thinking about picking one of those up anyway. So we'll see. I'm I'm going to go see the guys at Vintage at the London International Guitar Show. Um, yeah. Uh, so when that happens, and I'm at a guitar show surrounded by guitars, inevitably I'm probably going to come home with something. So, oh Joe, we'll see. We'll see how that just goes. One more thing you have to sell. <laughs> I know, I know, it's terrible. Anyway, that uh, that pretty much brings us up for time for this week's regular episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. Philip, we didn't get to talk about your your new amp purchase, um, and we want to talk about some other things as well. Um, yeah, we so can talk about ridiculous stuff over on the Patreon. It'll be great. That's exactly, exactly what we're going to do. Dear listener, you can join us there, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. If you just hop on over there, it's got all the information on how you can sign up and uh and uh become a member of the uh guitar nerds elite um yeah philip and i are going to be there now if you're not listening to the 40 watt podcast you absolutely should it's uh it's you know better than this one more informative um, oh no no i don't know about better every single week well not quite every single week um, yeah, I, to- I wish it were every single week, but my my job gets really busy during the summer, so I tend to fall back to every other week or occasionally every third week. But we're approaching the end of season three, so oh. and then season four will start up next uh, in 
mid to late January, and uh, the new theme music will be performed by our own Joe Branton, who is <laughs> you actually going to use that? Me no. some, yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to use it next season. Oh, uh, so it's going to be great. Wonderful, um, wonderful. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, yes, you can look forward to that. What's uh, what's what's happening on the next episode of Forty Watt? What have people got to look so forward let, to? Let's there? see. By the time this episode goes out, um, I will have had Hank from Rattlesnake Cables on oh, to cool. talk about uh, cables. We're going to talk about the ludicrous myths around guitar cables. Um, at least I'm going to try to get him to talk about the ludicrous myths around <laughs> the guitar <laughs> cables. And uh, I don't know. I've had a couple of really, really fun guests on lately. I had Marcus and Izzy Reeves from Reeves Electro on. Oh, I yeah, had, I saw that. That's fantastic that you got them on. It was so fun. I, I, I love I love those two so much. They're, they're just so much fun to talk to and just the kindest, sweetest people. Yeah. Uh, I believe Marcus is looking to try to come to NAM in January, and I'm going to be at NAM, so that'll be a great time. Wonderful. Uh, wonderful. But yeah, yeah, I also had um, uh, Mark from Summer School Electronics, right? Uh, who's just had a couple of great uh, October release pedals, limited edition pedals come out. So it's been a fun time over there. Awesome. Wicked. Well, dear listener, definitely check out the 40 Watt podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, join us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. I'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Au revoir. Thank you very much, you wonderful people. Thank you especially to our $10 top-tier Patreon backers. Very soon, some of you will be receiving your goody bags but for now thank you very much to nicholas strong rocket rob patterson marcus deluxe suresh dorsonic pickups rob witherden chris franklin anton fryant russ Meehan, barry gresbick steve davis daniel walker john conaway russell healing yogi the guitarist ty allen kyle harris sean hughes Hoffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Dan Pilver, Brian Einsler, Dylan Griffiths, Marcus Alcadawaki, Eric File, Peter Pesce, Andy Manley, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Radomski, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Wharton, James Dore, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Losef, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, JD Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Rob Nordvik, Scott O'Brien, and Moog Gravit. 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.